Welcome to the latest episode of the only podcast you will ever need. This is a special episode. This is six of one and Bill of the other. Because this gentleman's name is Bill. Bill, say say hello to the people. Uh, thank you, Mr. Holmes. Uh, hi, my name is Bill, if you haven't already guessed. So there's six of that. What we think is we think when we do uh, podcasts like that, six people will like six and then the other one will like me. And like on average is how we're, we're, we're planning it. <laughs> and just to say, because obviously this is a podcast, so no one can technically see us. Oh. I am dressed. I, I just want to say right now that it is basically the hottest day of the year. I'm in a room surrounded by lights shining at me and I'm wearing a shirt, a bow tie, a waistcoat, a coat and a cape. A cape? Whoever wears a cape? And a deer stalker hat with a pair of headphones over the top and a pipe with no tobacco in it. And why am I doing all of this, Bill? Why am I doing it, Bill? Well, between you you and me, folks at home, I've known him for years. This is this is kind of how he dresses. <laughs> no, we are going to talk about Sherlock Holmes, the hound of the Baskervilles. What happened was, for years now, I have talked about where I live as being Baskerville country. Bill's always been quiet about it. And I'd say Baskerville this, Baskerville that. Oh, just up the road is where the hound of the All Baskervilles was set. And then recently, Bill said to me, what is this Hound of the Baskervilles you keep talking about? And that, it, didn't it? That's how it happened. And yep. I've got to say right now, Bill is the most intelligent, well-read bloke that I've ever met or ever will meet. But when he said, what is this Hound of the Baskervilles you're talking about? I, I, I fainted. And when I got back to my feet, I said, Bill, it is... I, I was going to say probably, but I think it is the most famous Sherlock Holmes story. And Bill then said, okay, I'll read it. So Bill read it and we thought, why don't we talk about it? Because what's the point of expending energy without capitalising on it for the purposes of a podcast for six or seven people to listen to? Yeah. Why do anything if you... Why do anything? Um, Just to give it some context, and I will let Bill talk in a minute, to give it some context. If you come out of this studio that I'm currently recording in, and you turn left, and you jog for about 20 minutes, you get to the area that is the Grimpen Mire. The area that still exists, where you can technically sink into the bogs and, uh, well, die, I suppose... I haven't heard of anyone doing this since 1897. I'm sorry but, to interrupt you, but I'm wondering if you just doxed yourself. You're like, if you go just left of latitude <laughs> 492, longitude 795, <laughs> by uh, the dot yeah, on I've, your GPS, make a left. I've doxed myself a little bit there. It's where I, I bathe. A little bit there. But, so what happened was... Bill read Hound of the Baskervilles, and I said, that's fine, Bill. I'll read it before the time we do the podcast. And then just like that episode of Seinfeld, where George Costanza has to do the uh, reading of Breakfast at Tiffany's, and he ends up trying to get the video out and ends up uh, finding out that the video has already been taken from Blockbuster, so he has to track down the family that own the, that have the video, and he sits with them that episode. 
I today watched three versions of Hound of the Baskervilles back to back. Wow. I watched the Basil Rathbone version. Then I watched the uh, Hammer Horror version. And I watched the Sherlock and modern Benedict Cumberbatch version. What was the first back version? Back to back. The, um, what was the first Basil, version? The American film from like the 30s. The most Basil what? Basil Rathbone played uh, Is that Sherlock. a real name? Is there really a There's man named famous... Basil Rathbone? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the quintessential Sherlock. Probably the most famous of all the Sherlocks. I didn't know that before. Let I down a little bit by a bumbling Watson. Uh-huh. There's about 14 films, American films, but they're like they're set in England. Yeah, but it's from that. T- you, in fact, you've, I think you've told me about this before. That transatlantic. Oh, the transatlantic. Um, hey, meet me down by the, the five and dime, Watson. We got to get on this case, kind of like stuff. Yeah, a bit like that. But Basil Rathbone is just so he's just so good at it. Is but. He? I'll say, so before I let you say anything else, because obviously you, you've been talking so much so far, you're just all words. I, the, the, the black and white Basil Rathbone version starts, right? And it starts with 1889, right? <laughs> <laughs> this, this got my back up, right? It's got my you back gotta up. You've got to read this. No, you got to read 18... this. Read it like, re- read it like <laughs> you would say it, like, do it well. 1889. In all England, there is no district. I live here, bear in mind. In all England, there is no district more dismal than that vast expanse of primitive wasteland, the moors of Dartmoor in Devonshire. This is can I, wait, can I try? I just read... So, um, can you put that back up for me just real quick? You do it. You could yeah, do, do it better up. than me. You could do well, it no, I don't know if I could do it better, but I just, had a, I just listened to an audio Oh, you book. can of Dochayevsky's Crime and Punishment, and the guy had the best... I don't know if I can do his accent, but he'd be like... In all England, there is no district more dismal than vast expanse of primitive wasteland, the moors of Dartmoor in Devonshire. Oh, see, that was so good. That was so good. I I loved his voice, but they did a terrible job recording the audio for that book. So there would be clear cut and paste. He'd be like, uh, Raskolnikov then decided to go to the road. And he decided. (laughs) Like, it was like really terrible, like cutting. Hang on. Are you saying? It was so great. Are you saying that the whole book was read like that? Yes. And then the funniest. Oh my when, God. It was when he read the female characters. He'd be like, Oh, Raskolnikov, I can't believe you killed the woman and her sister. Raskolnikov looked at her. Like, it was very, yeah. I'm, I loved it. I'm so, behind, I'm so behind the times, Bill, because even though this is a podcast where I should be aware of, like, audio stuff, I've only listened ever to... I think the only audio book I've ever listened to was an Alan Partridge one where Steve Coogan is playing the character of Alan Partridge and reading mm. his own book, his own autobiography as the character. So there isn't any voices in it. Like, okay. So, so is the norm. I suppose we had Jack and Ori as a kid. Did you have a Jack and Ori in, um, in America? Did you have like, going no. back a long time, did you have um, programs on telly where someone would sit and read books to children? Yes, we had Reading show. Rainbow. Have you ever watched Star Trek The Next Generation? Yeah. Uh, LeVar Burton, who played Geordi, was on Reading right? Rainbow. Everybody loved it, yeah. So yeah, that's and that was more thing. children's books, though. That yeah, wasn't. yeah, 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 yeah. So I could that would be like the equivalent over here. Rod Hull and Emu reading. Jo- do- jo- 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 
And I'm probably mispronouncing Shit. it too. So don't feel bad. I'm Shit. probably I'm probably Did you ever watch Did you ever watch the um the English version of The Office, the original Office? I did. With Ricky Gervais I, doing I did. David Brandt. And the bit we're having that where he's trying to show off to the um I think it's the first it might even be the first episode where he's showing off to the new temp in the office and he's talking about crime and punishment. They're trying to outdo each other with the, the books they've read. Oh, okay. David Brent's secretly reading the internet to just, you know, and he'll walk back into the office and say, yeah, well, um, what did you think about that moment in the book where so-and-so happened? And the temp has obviously read it and he just <laughs> cuts like a knife. <laughs> and that's what it would be like with us two because I'd be talking about the Mr. Men. <laughs> you do have the Mr. Men in America. The Mr. Men? Mr. Happy, Mr. Bounce, Mr. Bump, Roger Hargreaves, children's books, the Mr. Men. No, I've never. Oh, my God. I have children and I've never read them. Oh, my God. Do you you know who Rod Hull and Emu are? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know know Keith Harris and Orville? I know uh, Orville Redenbacher. Oh, God. Or the Orville, isn't that a show? (laughs) Um, So... This is the whole podcast, folks. We're just going to try to, like, outdo each other with how well-read we are. Yeah, I just right. read Turgenev. What do you think of that? Well, I... Right, so... Regarding... Obviously, I, I've, I've read... I've read uh, The Hound of the Baskervilles three times today. <laughs> using my eyes, looking at the screen. Um, just to get this straight right now, the Hammer Horror one starts with... There's a tarantula climbing up... Oh, what's it? Henry Baskerville's shoulder. Yeah. Henry Baskerville was played by Christopher Lee, right? And there's a tarantula climbing up his shoulder. And Peter Cushing, as Sherlock, has to use his cane to attack the tarantula on Christopher Lee's shoulder. And when Uh, this was happening, I thought, I guarantee that isn't in the book. No, it is not. No, No, should we do a brief synopsis for the folks at home? Yes, because Uh, uh, do the the spoiler caveat. Because it's... Spoilers. Because and why and why is it okay to spoil it? Well, people have had. Uh, it says eighteen eighty nine. I thought the book I read was nineteen o two, but if it was nineteen o two, people have had one hundred and twenty four years. What is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, one hundred twenty years. It, it's been out for one hundred twenty years. We're lifting our spoiler policy, so we're allowed to spoil because this isn't yeah. like um, Seven or Fight Club or uh, what's the other one? Uh, um, I see dead people. Oh, uh, the sixth sense. <laughs> but sixth sense. This isn't the sixth sense, right? Yeah. But before Bill gives his thing, because I because I just I can feel that I'm just doing lots of talking and and being no, that fine. guy who does you're all fine. the talking. And in a minute, I like that right? you've done this for years, and I'm like, you're doing well. Don't worry, I've only done this once. <laughs> <laughs> no, but interestingly, interestingly, right? What Bill just said is interesting because this novel is set in 1889, right? Because it's back in time. The This was the comeback book for Sherlock Holmes because in the book before, in the story before, Conan Doyle had uh, killed, spoilers, 100-year spoilers, had killed Sherlock Holmes. So this book is set in the past. It's set before. He's done that thing where you can tell stories oh, about true? someone who's... Yeah. Because I, yeah. I heard that he had fallen off a cliff with Moriarty in the novel yes. before. And they did that yes. thing they used to do in the old Batman serial, serials where he was like, actually, Holmes yes. stopped himself. Then Moriarty fell off the cliff. And then this takes yes. place after that, chronologically, is how I understood No, so okay. You, so everything you said is right. 
He never intended to bring Sherlock Holmes back. He, as far as I remember, he wrote The Hound of the Baskervilles, not necessarily as a Sherlock Holmes book, which is something we'll get into maybe later, but he wrote The Hound of the Baskervilles, and due to the popularity of it, the next story he set in the present again, and he brought Sherlock Holmes back, oh, just okay. as you said. Sure. So this is a weird anomaly where, you're right, he wrote it later, but it's set before. It's not an interesting... Was that interesting? I thought it was interesting. It gives yeah, you some... Right it was interesting. It, it gives you some uh, some background on where we are in the Arthur yes. Conan Doyle. Like, is this an early story? Is it a later story? I'd like to know. It's educational. Such as a man with a cape would tell. <laughs> um, Indubitably. Right. Synopsis. A friend of his, who is a doctor, comes to Holmes and Watson... And he informs them of the death, and they inform, uh, informs them of the Curse of the Baskervilles, which was way back in even older times, in the 1800s. Uh, one of Baskerville's relatives uh, raped a high society lady, kept her locked up. She escaped. He made a deal with the devil that if he could catch her, that he would sell his soul to the devil. And so he ran through the moors of Dartmoor, and uh, his, his uh, conniving friends went after him. And they found him, and the girl had died of fright, and he was dead, uh, and a huge uh, hellhound was gnawing on his neck. So uh, they think it's just a legend, but he wants to uh, have Holmes and Watson look to see uh, it, who is involved with the death of now this present uh, case, uh, Baskerville. And then Baskerville's, I believe it's his nephew, is the only living heir. Heir. <laughs> He's an heir. Um... That was the end of an error. Uh, and then... Um, <laughs> oh, no. I've just uh, laughed at an in-joke. <laughs> and then the um, <laughs> he, gets, uh, he, gets, uh, he gets the nephew to come from Canada, and he's going to inherit this huge mansion. And so uh, Sherlock says, hey, I'd love to investigate this, but i got other stuff to do. Some Sherlock Holmes, Watson, you go to Devon. And you investigate this, write to me, tells me what happens. They go through a bunch of adventures. There's some false, uh, uh, what do they call it, uh, wag the dog, uh, red herrings. Where red herrings. The, red herrings. There is, yeah. Um, yeah, wag the dog's a story without that. Yeah, okay, so did, they did find... Did that have um, uh, Robert De Niro in it, in the film? <laughs> yeah, wag the dog. Uh, they find that there's a convict that the maid and uh, the butler are a married couple at the Baskerville mansion. And her brother is an escaped convict who isn't involved in the basketball murders. That's sort of a false lead. There is uh, someone that lives nearby and his sister. His sister becomes a love interest for Mr. Baskerville uh, as Watson is sort of uh, going about exploring. Well, it turns out that what happened was it wasn't a brother and sister. It was, in fact, a distant Baskerville relation who was married to the woman and put her up to seducing Mr. Baskerville, and when they tried their plan, it was in fact a hellhound dog that they covered with phosphorus in order to uh, chase after and uh, murder, but the plan went awry because the escaped convict to escape tried to dress up like Henry Baskerville and was killed instead. And Holmes, turns out he was there the whole time watching from the distance. And uh, they go on, and then the true killer tries to escape into the bogs of of uh, Devonshire, and, and unfortunately, because they had some kind of a, a system where he could escape and he could see where he was going, uh, he passed away into oblivion, 
uh, and all was saved, and everyone lived to be happily ever after. Hopefully that wasn't aw- too awful, because I did it off the top of my head, and I read it like no, that's, two weeks ago. No, that's quite good, and, and quite different from all three different films I watched today. Um, the general gist is the same. It's an interesting book in that it is the most famous Sherlock Holmes story that is kind of the lead part is Watson yeah. in it. Pretty for much the book. for a lot of the film, yeah. And the books don't, uh, sorry, the films don't um, don't paint, don't have the, the, the hound glowing with phosphorus. No, they don't. I guess that would be no. too much uh, effects for, yeah. for an early film. I, I think I've got I to heard say that, that the latest Benedict Cumber flick... I watched I watched uh, that one today. It's called, okay, it's called that had a version. It's called it's called the Hounds. It's called the Hounds of Baskerville, and it's so. Do you different. think there was some director that's like, all right, before we only had one, well, yeah, how about ten, yeah, it's like how about it's, six of one and then Bill of the other. <laughs> Bill of the other. It's like what what happened was the um, the Basil Rathbone version the, in black and white was like Alien, and it was like James Cameron came along and said. Let's do hounds with an S. And we'll just have loads of them and people with machine guns just looking around going, ah! ah!" (laughs) It doesn't, it's not... Explosions. What you lose, you definitely lose the cape in the Benedict Cumberbatch version. You lose the cape. See, and and we we talked about this a little bit before, uh, as my son cries in the background. Don't worry, we... Crying children are a natural... it, It was the thought of... It was the thought of James Cameron directing... Can you hear How that? How the Baskervilles? Uh, yeah. He, let's, do a, let's do a timeout. <laughs> let's do a quick timeout. Are you sure? We'll leave yeah, the crying fine. baby. So I was completely distracted. Yes, we were talking about Hollywood films. Uh, oh, I had a point that, that my, my kid cried out. It doesn't matter um, because what's, what's going to happen is we're going to get um, different versions that we never asked for of Avatar. And we're not going to get James Cameron directing the Hounds of Baskervilles. I would the love hound, that. The Hounds, the Hounds of the, <laughs> the Baskervilles. Hound. Oh, we were talking about. I think uh, with the old movies, probably a little bit, but I think with the book, part of the charm of it for me is the fact that it takes place in the late 1800s. I think that yes, it makes everything interesting because it's like, oh, they did this, and you know, Holmes is busy smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee in the book. Uh, and uh, it's just a different time, and I think that atmosphere goes away when you give them a smartphone, and then you have to always come up with a reason why the smartphone doesn't work or the GPS doesn't, you know, so they can't just solve it immediately with Google. Yeah, that's true. That's true, and in, uh, in, the, in the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, yeah. episode from Sherlock, it's all very, very technological. Basque, in fact, they do away with um, the idea of the Baskerville family completely. Baskerville becomes a research centre where they're creating uh, giant hounds. Oh, this sounds terrible. This sounds, is Actually, that true? Do you know what? That's not no, right. It That's is not true. right. It is. It's it a is. Baskerville centre where the, they really did that to the story. Yeah, yeah. I'm not watching this series. Yeah, right. But what I will say, right, is that I thought Sherlock was good when it started, right? And then yeah. by the end, the very end of it, I'd had enough of the whole, it just got on my nerves. But re-watching an episode I remember not particularly liking, The Hounds of Baskerville, it was actually okay. And it led straight into the, the Rickenbacker. Rickon, the Rickenbacker? The Rickenbacker, they the Rickenbacker Falls, <laughs> yeah. where he dies. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and and actually rewatching it, uh, you know, it's Moriarty and everything. I quite, I quite, I quite like those new Sherlock's up to a point. See, I'm no Moriarty. Up to a point. I'm going to tell you my what my plan would be if I was pitted against the fictional Holmes. If if you were, if you were the real Sherlock Holmes, and I had to come in and meet you, I would take dirt from three counties over and I'd put it on my shoe, and then I'd sleep for a full night's rest. But I'd wear the clothes from the night before, and I would put a pen in my pocket that said MD real big. And then I'd sit and I'd let, let him do his thing, where he's like, oh, I noticed uh, your dad from three counties over. So you must have been over by the dump in the county. And, uh, well, it seems like you haven't gotten much sleep from the look of your clothes being disheveled. And I can tell by your pen you're a doctor. And then I could sit there and go, oh, I'm very sorry, sir. I thought you were a detective. <laughs> but clearly, everything you've said is wrong. Um, but that's always... And they kind of doubled down on that more in the shows than they do in the book, where everything everyone's done is completely logical. Like, your clothes are wet, so you went to a county that was raining. It couldn't be that you got your clothes out of the wash a little early. And in the book, there's actually a, a little part in the beginning where Holmes gets it wrong, where the guy goes, no. And I'm wondering if the internet of back then was giving him crap for this sort of thing. And he's like, oh, I better have it. at least one thing he says be a little off. You think... Because the, the, the home stories were serialised, weren't they? I think in the Strand magazine. Back in the day, like Charles Dickens and, and, um, Charles Dickens and Conan Doyle and that would... All the stories would be printed in like, newspapers. Yeah, I just talked about uh, Crime and Punishment was in segments in a newspaper. Oh, really? You can almost tell parts that seem a little padded out. And I actually looked up the original release order, so when I read it, I tried to read it in those parts. of, of it, it's, it almost goes with the parts of the novel, but it's like slightly different. And it's an interesting way to read those older books because that's kind of how the author intended it to be read. Yeah. You know? Maybe it's like... When I read like The Watchmen, in fact, loads of those graphic novels where they they put all the different comics which were originally released separately all together mm. into one, and maybe it's the same like as today watching a, a box set on Netflix where we're just we're just used to now just devouring it all. But there's an element of it was episodic. I found with the books, uh, especially like the Russian literature, the chapters are sort of organized a little different. So if you just read it by chapter. You feel either in, a little incomplete, where the 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 part, which is longer, you feel like Tolstoy does a thing where his chapters are like two minutes long, and the middle of a chapter will be the same scene. So it would be like, "Hey, uh, what'd you have for lunch?" And you'd be like, "Peanut butter and jelly." Chapter two, and you'd still be sitting there going, "So I went to the store the other day," and it's weird. It just there's not like a an act break as a chapter. So I'm sure this yeah. is all fascinating. I just want to let you folks know, listening. We're uh, on the cutting edge of the early 19th century, or the late 19th century. We're not like those stuffy podcasts in the 18th century. Uh, we're cutting edge here. Uh, well, so I'm thinking, right, that um, the audience of the day were reading these uh, episodic works in the Strand magazine. Mm. And some, some people were saying, God, this Sherlock Holmes bloke, he's a bit of a dickhead, isn't he? Bloody <laughs> well, know-it-all. <laughs> What a know-it-all. My favorite part in the book, and I don't know if you get this in the show, because you said Watson can be kind of, like, stupid in some of the shows. In the book, he's like, uh... He's like, Watson, I thought you were a horrific Nimrod, but after that observation, I think 
Really, you're just a Nimrod. And then Watson would be like, Clearly, it was evident that I was blushing from Holmes's gushing praise. <laughs> like, he's very, very dismissive of uh, of Watson. Is there, a, is there an element of a uh, love story? No, I read Holmes up on that. Um, that it's weird because uh, they live together and there's sort of hints, like they never come out and say it. But then I think there are some stories where they have female love interests. I think. Now, it could be someone could... I, I'm, I'm not... Could, I think it's probably like a, a, an, an easy like thing to say, isn't it? Because just watching the Benedict uh, Cumberbatch one where Holmes has just died and he's at the graveside, it's not a love affair, but you can tell that they love each other, if you know what I mean. Like brotherly love. In the book that you read, The Hound of the yeah. Baskervilles, are there any drug references in it? Uh, you know, there. I was expecting sort of an opium reference. There is when when Sherlock was thinking of the case, he was. Now they referenced him smoking tobacco and drinking so much coffee that when Watson came into the room, he couldn't breathe because it's just like billowing smoke. Mm. And I'm like, that sounds like me from eight years ago when I'm writing uh, T E H I songs. Uh, it's funny because the most classic of all the films, the Basil Rathbone version, the very last line of the film. He turns to Watson. So it's all it's all done. The guy's been arrested. It's all done. Or de- dies or whatever he does. He turns to Watson and he goes, Watson, the needle. <laughs> he summons After Watson to go and get the work. syringe. Because yeah. he wants heroin. And it's like, it's in the film. It's the last line of the film. Watson, wow. the needle, please. Fetch the needle. Most old films had a female heroine. In that film, they had an injectable heroine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an injectable heroine. Yeah. Also, um, like you never see Batman, like Robin passed the eight ball of cocaine. We've got (laughs) the Joker's out and I'm tired. You got any? I wouldn't put it past Adam West. And uh, yeah, but I heard uh, there was a story that Adam West and the guy who played uh, Dick Grayson or Robin uh, tried to go into an orgy and they kicked them out because they wouldn't not dress like Batman or Robin. <laughs> like they were like, you, you got to take off the outfit. And he's like, I won't do it, old chap. And then uh, they, well, they I don't went, know why they I, went made, dressed, I made Adam they went, West British. Uh, they went, they went they, dressed as Batman and Robin. Yeah, they tried to get into an but, orgy. Because Adam West loved it, didn't he? He loved it. Oh, he loved it. They, I mean, imagine it's the 60s, so they're, you know, they're playing like the Beach Boys in the back. I don't know what they're doing. And yeah. uh, he's trying to jump into this Hollywood orgy, and they kicked him out because they're dressed like Batman and Robin. And they, they look like such Boy Scouts, which makes it worse. Yeah. Like, they look like uh, they're Beaver's friends from Leave it to Beaver. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Perhaps that's like Rod Hull and Emu, Emu and uh, Keith Harrison Orville. And um, we had one, we had a, did you, did you have, used to have like basically on children's TV, lots of ventriloquist type people with children's puppets, like, yeah, like puppets Sesame the Street. Do you, you have Sesame Street? That sort Street? of thing. Yeah. That sort of yeah. thing. Cause we had Spit the Dog. There was a bloke who he was, uh, what was he called? He's called Spit Bob Carroll G's. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Carroll G's he was called. And he had yeah. a dog, like a terrier. I mean, obviously it wasn't his hand. He had a dog thing on it like that. And he'd bring it on oh God, look at that. and he'd bring it on and the dog would just, the dog would spit on people. What? Yeah, I mean, there was no and spit. this was a out, children's show? Yeah. Well, we also had someone running... A, we also had someone... I can't remember his name now. Uh, it should come to me. I know all the ventriloquists. We also had somebody who used to run around on the back of a... Like an ostrich. And that was his whole act. A Obviously, it was, it was his own legs. It, no, it was his own legs. And he, uh, he was it was a puppet the, ostrich? Bernie... 
But Bernie Clifton used to run around on the back on the back of an whoa whoa. That was his whole act. Hey Bernie Clifton, stop stealing my moves. <laughs> I do that at work to get a good laugh from the whoa. from from the group. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. an ostrich leg, everybody! It's an ostrich. I've got ost- oh, look, I've got oh, an ostrich leg. Oh, that legs. Bill is crazy. He's doing the ostrich thing again. Give him a raise. He's earned it. So I watched the Hammer Horror version of The Hound of the Baskervilles, and it reminded me of something. I thought it was the from the old Universal horror films, but there was something about it. Right, the composers of the day mm. used to. Um, compose the song using the title of the film. Have you heard about this? No. So, for instance, when he did The Hound of the Baskervilles, and I have There's it There's no here, H note. How do they do that? That's you'll see what I mean, right? You'll see what I mean, right? It's about the um, the syllables. Because I say that it's a podcast music-related, right? This is the music input. Mm. So if you're going to write a song called The Hound of the Baskervilles, a right piece of music to score the film, and you don't know where to start, you know it's going to go... Bam, bam! Bam, 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 bam! Right? They did it in old gangster films, too. Yeah, yeah, right. So watch, watch. Um, I have it. I have it here, right? Listen to this, right? So, for the people at home who can see me, right... (laughs) When the title comes up, The Hound of the Baskervilles, listen to the way that the music goes, The Hound. It actually goes up, I think it ascends. Dun, 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 dun. Listen, right, here we go. The Hound of the Baskervilles. Did you understand what I was trying to say there, Bill? Do you get it? I do. Because you're, mus- you're a musician, yeah? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That they're trying to, to, they're, yeah, that they're saying the, the title musically. The Baskervilles. Take the words out. Bum, 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 bum. But it's kind of one of those things that's sort of useless, don't you? I mean, like, it, it works as a scary kind of, yeah, but like, by saying this the title with the, you know what I mean? It's like, uh. Well, no, no, but th- this became a thing. I think it had happened years and years before. I think it was like in Frankenstein. Frankenstein! But this guy from Hammer, he'd done it first, I think, with Dracula, right? Listen to, th- listen to how the music says Dracula when the title for Dracula comes on. Now, I'm a cynical person. That all the time. I'm a cynical person. So my thought is, this guy didn't give a crap about his job. And he's like, all right, I got to make something sound scary, but I'm bored with it. I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm literally going to take the <laughs> name of it for every film I do and play. Like, it's like, think about that. If that happened today, if um, uh, Danny Elfman or uh, what's the guy that does all the Christopher Nolan films... If yeah, it was Hans, just like uh, Hans Zimmer, yeah, 
What was uh, if it was just like the dark night? You'd be like, this guy's late. Like this is. Lazy. Are you sure they don't still do it though? Sometimes, if they do, it's a lazy such a good trick. Thing. You know? said, what you've, but if I had if I had to do a um a tune, which I might end up doing for the only podcast you'll ever need, it's going to go six <laughs> of one <laughs> and build <laughs> on the other. Right? And it'll be the only podcast you'll ever need. We'd be uh We'd be a hit in towns from 1940. <laughs> I did it. I did it, right? On, um, uh, on The Only Way Out Is Through, mm. on the album. I did it somewhere on that one. You Where did the, the title, Hound of the Baskervilles? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Hound of the Baskervilles. <laughs> the Only Way Out Is Through. The, the, the Only Way Out. <laughs> but take out the words. The only podcast you'll ever need. But can't you kind of say that with any melody? You can just fit it into like, well, the only podcast you'll ever need. See, they took your, they stole your podcast. That's where they got the music from it. That's the thing, right? So (laughs) there's got to be an element of talent there still, because it's easy to say, just use the syllables. But you've still got to do. I, I think there's talent. But I think there's laziness. I think it's a guy that knows what he's doing, but he doesn't feel like actually thing. coming up with a melody that feels what he's actually feeling with I the story. I was saying it's a good thing. You've taken like, it. You've taken it and spun it. Oh, you've made I'm it cynical. a bad thing. This man is lazy. I'm telling you. Or woman. I don't know. This is back in the day, so I assume it's a it's a bloke. Um, it, but, it, uh, was, uh, it was. Uh, it was. Um, hang on. Music composed. James music Bernard. Composed by James Bernard. Lazy. Right. They only hired him because it's a dog last name. It's a Bernard, St. <laughs> Bernard. It. I never That's thought about that. That's why they hired him. James St. Bernard. Him. Yeah, they're Holy like, shit. oh, no, the perfect guy for the hound of the best. Let's hire the oh. guy with the dog last name. Yeah. It was, between him, him and, it was between him and Jimmy Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was Peter Poodle or James St. Bernard. We went with St. Bernard because the poodle didn't sound particularly ferocious, yeah. even if you put phosphorus. On it. Yeah. Which is a good Did trick if you want to impress the kids at work or school, man. Just put some <laughs> phosphorus on you. And they'll think you're I... a ghostly specter. Do you know much about phosphorus? <laughs> I can't say like... I'm an expert. No, no, because I don't know. So, um, oh, yeah, I meant to say, I meant to start the um, episode, really, by saying that when I was a kid, I grew up with a, um, a Disney, like, annual. I think it was from the 70s. And in that annual... Um, it was the Hound of the Baskervilles starring, I think Mickey Mouse was Sherlock Holmes and you had um, Pluto was the uh, the Hound. Since it was and back in the day, they had the heroin scene in the Mickey Mouse version. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't <laughs> remember the heroin scene. It was probably there. Is that in the Mickey Mouse backstage. scene? Donald Duck's backstage. <laughs> the hands yeah. of a needle. Do- Donald, yeah. Donald. <laughs> I can't solve this case without some serious black tar heroin. Thanks, Donald. <laughs> But they, but I think I think they they did coat I think Pluto with phosphorus to make him glow in the dark. Is that what they use on the hands of watches then? Because usually something that glows in the dark is radioactive. Is phosphorus yeah. just safe then? Let is phosphorus see. safe? Is my question. It's a mineral. This is an that educational channel. Many foods and is also available as a supplement. 
It plays multiple roles in the body, including making you glow in the dark like a ghostly dog specter. It is a key element in bones, teeth, cell, and ghost dogs. Uh, what does it do to the... Is it healthy or not? It's integral to healthy bones and a healthy body. So that guy was actually a dog lover. I'm we not thought. sure we're talking about... Are we, have we got the right substance? Phosphorus, right? Yeah, no, I thought it was, but... Well, let me write uh, Phosphorus, bones of the Baskervilles. I know, I know that you can get bones that glow in the dark, but it's usually at Halloween... The terrifying dog in the Hound of the Baskervilles is described as having blazing eyes and a luminous muzzle. Appearances attributed by Watson and Holmes to the application of phosphorus. Review of the toxicity and flammability of white phosphorus makes this improbable. So the novel is crap we should stop talking about. It's unrealistic it's that bollocks. people would die of, fr- of fright from a dog dying of chemical poisoning. Yeah, basically they just, they just uh, set a dog on fire. Highly, highly flammable. <laughs> Did you ever have? Um, do you know who Michael Crawford is over there? He was the Phantom, he was the original Phantom of the Opera. No, I did watch the Family Opera play. Uh, yeah, in Philadelphia, but I have not. Yeah, so the original, so the original um, run on in Broadway would have been Michael Crawford in the eighties. But before that, he was in a comedy over here called Some Others Do Album. Okay, probably not an American thing. Sorry. No. There's a point here. Yep. The composer of the Died theme of tune. No, 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 no. <laughs> no it's, it's, a different, it's a different point. He may okay. well have. God, it's getting hot in here. Um, <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Sherlock, take up for your clothes. Dun, 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 dun. It's getting hot in here. Watson, give me a syringe of heroin. So, the composer of the theme tune to the sitcom, the British sitcom, some others do have them, what he would do is he would work out the, fil- the, the title of the show in Morse code and play the Morse code as the title, right? And it goes, that, right? so, the, so the theme tune does this, right? It goes... S-O-S, S-O-S. It's good, it's good, it goes, it goes, it goes, it goes... It does that, right? And mm. it sounds like such a weird, intricate theme tune, but it's because it's the title in Morse code. These people are having a laugh at our expense, mate. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they? We never I did just, that. Now, I think if you do that once, like he did that once, it can be creative. It can be, I couldn't come up with an idea. I thought of this thing just to get me in a weird headspace, and it worked out. But if you're doing that for every thing, I call a you know, creative bankruptcy. I learned about the... Uh, the way that the composers for the old horror films, I think it was Universal and not just Hammer, but the way that they would take the title and um, as like, like, so they're sitting over a blank piece of paper and someone comes in and says, yeah, we've got another one. It's called The Wolf Man versus The Invisible Man. And they sit there and they think, oh, my life is so shit. Uh, I'm reduced to this. I'm writing damn music for these films. What am I going to do? Damn... <laughs> And people go, holy shit, that's good. Where did you get that from? And they don't realize that they're just literally going da 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 da. You're probably going to have to cut this out, but it reminds me of when you're a kid and they're like, if you ever just do A, B, C, D, they won't know. They'll be thrilled by it. They don't know that you're just doing the alphabet with your tongue. Shit. No one ever gave me that advice. 
So if I'd have known that, I could not. I could now not be in a pink room wearing a that, Sherlock Holmes outfit. What I just told outfit. you is what made me the legendary Lothario I am today. <laughs> <laughs> that's staying. In. No, that's staying in now. That's staying in now. This is this is this is this is this is where I'm. I'm sitting here on the hottest day of the year, wearing a coat and a cape. <laughs> And I've just found out advice that if I'd have known it, mate. <laughs> I wanted to ask you. I thought um, I really liked this book, and oh yeah, the it book sort of, and it sort of brought me back to uh, me and you both like true crime a lot. We like watching yes uh, when they have they're interviewing the suspects and when they're going over yes. the crimes. And this, to me, if you were alive in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, would probably be some of the closest you could get to true crime where it's obviously fictional, but it's here a crime has occurred and they slowly walk you through people lying and trying to get out of doing it until in the end, you know, the difference with the books is you always find out what happened. But I think this is sort of a precursor to true crime. Um, And and part of why I like the, the atmosphere of the late 1800s, it's it's a darker sort of more mysterious place because everybody doesn't know everybody else. And it, it makes for more uh, surprising twists and turns. And um, I really like that aspect of it. And I wanted to hear if you got that vibe from the movies that you watched, besides the Benedict Cumberluchin. Well, I, I think I have read the book, but I think it's just so long ago that um, I, I just can't remember. Certainly, I've watched the, um, the black and white Basil Rathbone film so many times in my life. I, I love it. I do... The atmosphere, I just love the atmosphere of all those old horror films. I think The Invisible Man's my favourite. But yeah. the Universal films, the, the James Whale ones, like The Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. And and this, the overall atmosphere of this book, I'm just wiping the sweat, constantly dripping down. I'm wearing a hat on the hottest day of the year and a pair of headphones. I can't keep... But We'll do a shirtless atmosphere. character next time. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, like, oh. funny enough, the next book we're going to read is Tarzan, Lord, <laughs> Lord of the Apes. <laughs> loincloth. I'll still be sweating. I'll be sitting there in a loincloth sweating. Um, the, the, the atmosphere of this book is so, it, it is the area. It's Dartmoor, right? Yeah. It's dripping in it. And the fact they use Dartmoor Prison. Now, in the film, they use the fact that a convict escapes from Dartmoor Prison. Mm-hmm. And... To this it's day, it's a it's a bleak place. Um, it's not that far from here, as opposed to on... the cheery prisons. <laughs> well, it it's it's um it's a particular honestly it's a particularly bleak prison, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a this is a fact that's going to sound like a lie, but it's a fact. Um, it's got its own ecosystem, weather wise, right? Even on the hottest day of the year, if you drive to Dartmoor Prison. Around the prison, it's always fog, rain, and thunder and lightning. And That's I'm not joking. Yeah. It's really, really weird, right? And it's in, located in such a place that um, might be a bit different today, but certainly in the olden days, if someone escaped from Dartmoor Prison, no one even bothered going out to look for them. All they would do is wait till the next morning, and the prisoner would be banging on the gates wanting to come back in. Because it's set in... Yeah, no, this is true. It's set in such a a bleak area. It's in the middle of nowhere. And back then, especially in uh, 1889... 1899! uh, (laughs) 
was surrounded by you know you've got the mire the 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 bogs and uh and the bleakness and the exposure like just exposed to the elements and i think i like the atmosphere that the book gives and this 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 little thing at the beginning here in all england there is no district more dismal than the vast expanse of primitive wasteland the moors of dartmoor in devonshire did it say that uh, when you bought your home like on the real estate <laughs> listing? Is that, yeah. is that the opening paragraph? This lovely two-bedroom rancher on the mysterious hills of <laughs> Deadly Dodmore. Yeah. The, dis- the dismal. The most dismal. Hang on. Oh, my God. In all of... Listen to that again, Bill. Listen to that again. In all England. Right. Wow. Did you hear that? In all England, right? In all England, there is no district more dismal. And that's what I'm trying to say about like, the prison. They built the prison there for a reason. And I like a part of the story, um, certainly in the film version I was watching today. I think both the Hammer and the, and the, uh, the American version. The prisoner gets killed and Sherlock believes it's, in the Hammer one certainly, Sherlock for a while believes it's Henry Baskerville. They do that in the book too. Because he's dressed like him. Yes. But that's the reason he gets killed. Yes. Because he smells like him. Yeah. So there's a lot in this book that rides on smell. Uh. If he had used... What I'm saying is, right, if he had switched <laughs> after... If he had Are you got saying that's Henry a, Baskerville... Saying, yeah. He, Henry Baskerville comes over from Canada, right, loses a shoe, and then loses another shoe. And if at that point he thinks, sod this... I'm going to put on some Brute 33 Old Spice or some Calvin Klein or whatever, and he sprays a different aftershave on. The hound is not going to have a clue. He could walk right past the hound because the hound's looking for the smell from the shoe. Yeah, but if he put a pork chop in his pocket, him and the hound could have been best friends. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. What I thought was funny is in the beginning about the Baskerville (laughs) is when the old man dies, the guy's like, there's a horrible curse of the yeah. Baskervilles. And they're like, well, who's the cursed guy? The one in the huge mansion down the <laughs> hill. And then he goes, oh, wait, wait, I know what you're thinking. But listen, listen, he died a very old man. <laughs> cursed. The curse of the Baskervilles. I never, do you know what? I've read, I've, I've watched these films hundreds of times and I've never <laughs> once thought that the bloke who dies at the beginning was yeah. an old Back Rich then, man. back then, uh, uh, the equivalent of Elon Musk, an absolute billionaire, yeah. an old, really rich man, died. Not, not. It wasn't of. Um, he wasn't torn apart by the hound. He no. died because his heart gave out because yeah. of fright or running away. Now I'm no doctor, right? I, I don't have a medical degree, so I don't want to be giving advice out over the internet. But how many? Like, I, I understand that there are people that probably have died of fright. But do you bank on that as a murderer? Like, do you go, okay, no. I could drown him. No. I could strangle him. I could throw him off a cliff. I know. I'll scare him to death. That'll likely happen every time. That's true. That's true. Do you think that maybe it was the case that he was running away from the hound and he died? And that was that. If he hadn't have died. That the hound would get The him. hound would have got him. And then the story would have been he was ripped apart by a hound. 
It's hard, but for dogs, I know they'll attack you, but will they kill you? Like, can you bank on them killing you every yeah, time? Isn't right. So in the films, he keeps the dog underground in like a mine. They do, sort and he of starves do it. Books. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he you're starves right. it, and so it's a, it's a starved. Um, it's a it's a nasty, unhappy dog. Anyways, uh, you were talking about the convict dying from the dog. There's a funny aside that kind of dates it in the book where. Um, Holmes is uh, talking to the maid and the butler who are related to the convict who I think murdered people and everything. And they're like, uh, that's my brother. So uh, Baskerville and Holmes run after the guy immediately and then they lose him and they can't find him. And they see Holmes in the distance, but they don't know it's Holmes at this point. So they lose him and the sister begs begs, um, Watson. She goes, please, you know, he's my brother. And look, he's going to South America in two days, right? And and Watson goes, he goes, Well, I guess it's not on the taxpayer's dime, then fine. Like, so in other words, this murderer is just roaming the streets of South America. And Watson's like, well, it ain't England, so that's fine. Wow. So, so I the, thought that was so funny. He's escaped. He's an escaped mm-hmm. convict. But because yeah. he was going to go to South America. And it was either Africa or South America. I can't remember. But yeah. This and is like, Watson's... Um, it's like the great train robbery a little bit, yeah. isn't it? With Ronnie yeah. Biggs and that. Um, he went to South America for a long time, didn't he? Or something. Yeah, we're, we're, and I guess it's fine if you kill people there. Because <laughs> Watson's just like, oh, the taxpayer wanted to pay for it, so yeah, go ahead well. and commit murder and debauchery on children in South America. Who cares? I thought that was a funny little... Uh... Dracula. I think you see it's funny. I think more of Tim Burton Batman, like when he would go on the roof and he'd just do this. I'm Batman. <laughs> oh, and I thought it was funny, Baskerville in the book. I don't know how he is in the movie, but this is a very English approach to him. He's very courageous and yet dumb. So it's a hilarious way to write him because you can look up to him and look down on him at the same time. So it's like, oh, that idiot's yeah. very brave. Ah, go to the five and dive. You know, he's, I'm going to go have a hot dog and uh, talk about Joe DiMaggio, and then we're going to go catch this creep. You know, it's like, oh, he's very dashing and courageous, but a bit stupid. Kind of like me. You know? Yeah, he, he, he is a bit. The problem, the problem with the Hammer horror film version of it is that um, uh, Baskerville looks very, very much like Christopher Lee. Yeah, it's a good double act, though. If you've never seen it, it's a good double. If, if you're not used to the... The double act of Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Well, and Christopher from Dracula Lee, and Frankenstein. Every... Wasn't he in, um, what is the British Secret Service? Uh, MI6? Or oh, I don't know. Called? Was he? Uh, he was. And, and I think when they did Lord of the Rings, he would lecture Peter Jackson on how it sounds when you stab someone. Because he had oh. done it in real life. Oh. Do you remember at the very end? Because he, he lived into his 90s, didn't he, Christopher Lee? Yeah. Do you yeah. remember at the very end he was singing for a heavy metal band? Remember that? In his 90s. Yeah. yeah. I'm I think sure. it's just a shame. I might have just made that, that they, up. They made him a Star Wars character and named him after Poop. I thought that was Count Dookie. Count Dookie. <laughs> Count Poopy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They did. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Count Dookie. Count, Count, Count Dookie. Captain Mudbutt. Do you know what? I, um, I never realised. When I got Green Day's Dookie album. You never knew that was a. Euphemism no. for poop? No, no, I never yeah. knew. But I suppose we probably got words like that over here. Maybe they're in the Hound of the Baskervilles. Yeah, they said that Sherlock had a case of the mud butt. That's why he couldn't travel <laughs> to. <laughs>
it's a shame we're doing it an hour in, but did you like The Hound of the Baskervilles? I loved it. Uh, um, I really oh. loved it to the point where I, uh, I'm reading a few other books, but I want to come back around and I want to read the very first story where Sherlock meets Watson. Uh, I think we'll, and it's called the Velvet something. I think uh, I want to come around and uh, and check that one out next. I really enjoyed it. It was, a, it, and if you're going to read it or listen to an audio book, it's fairly short. Uh, you know, I think not short enough for hour. me to read it before today. <laughs> yeah, not uh, <laughs> Cliff Notes Jimmy over here. Uh, oh, I read the first right. Okay, then I read the first chapter, and the first chapter is all about. Um, I th- it must have been the Doctor, Doctor Mortimer, whatever he's called. He comes yeah. to Sherlock Holmes's flat yeah. while Sherlock's not there. And he leaves, and he leaves behind his cane. And that's, that's that, that famous scene where... Um, so this is, the, this is I'm just, I'm just heading to like the first chapter of the book that I read. Oh, oh, where, oh okay, sorry. Where he, yeah. where he leaves the cane. And yeah. the, whole, the first chapter is he gives Watson... I know you've already said this, but it is funny the way he... He, he, he gives Watson a go. Watson, tell me what you think. And Watson goes, oh, well, you know, it says uh, CCH on it. That must mean uh, a hunt. Someone from the hunt must have given him this. And then Sherlock goes, yeah, everything you've just said, Watson, it's all a load of bollocks, mate. CCH is obviously Charles' uh, um, uh, hospital, um, Charing Cross. CCH is obviously Charing Cross Hospital, uh, Watson. Nothing to do with a hunt, you f- idiot yeah it's like he like puts watson well in his place i love how i just did a watson because you're like here's what i read in the first chapter of the book and i go that's in the book (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i have to stop thank you watson thank you watson please sit the the f down watson (laughs) thank you watson take a seat (laughs) no i've I've got to say uh watching their films today the story holds up in that it's ostensibly a story about a uh, a ghostly hound on a bleak moors but it's actually just a story about greed yeah now has the guy so the guy who the the villain in it right yeah he's the he is an heir and there's a painting in the in the films. There's a painting on the wall. Yeah, one of the ancestors that, that looks like him. Yeah. So let's get this right now. So he is an heir. He's got some sort of legitimacy to this thing, has he? Or is yes. it that Henry Baskerville is the next heir? Yeah. So well, Henry he's older. is the Shouldn't one. He have a... what, well, no, the... because it's, it, it has to do with it. it has to do with relations. So, and I don't know how specifically it works out in the book. But for instance, if you're the king's son and I'm the king's nephew. I have yeah. a right to it, but you have the first right to it. Yeah. So you're you William. Sort of, I'm Harry. Yeah. I might as well just yeah. go and uh, marry an American. Yeah. So I think it was one of those deals where he would have gotten the inheritance as a distant relation, but he had to get uh, Baskerville out of the way. Right. Is he second in line then? That would make the story. Well, I, I don't. Yeah. They, he's, he's second not, in line. I don't think they, they. He's the only one in line because they they made a point to say all the other Baskervilles are dead. What, so so what I mean is. The, the the murderer. If yes, Hen- if Baskerville, Baskerville died, doesn't if he dies, he, he can come all. out of the woodwork. Yes, and make the claim, yeah. and take the whole place. Yeah, and he did that old parlor trick many people do, where they go, I "Remember, I told you it was my sister." Psych, it's my wife. 
Yeah. Everybody it's, goes, oh, that guy, that crazy Baskerville lied about his name and <laughs> said his wife was his sister. That's one for you, Baskerville. <laughs> what was he pretending to be? Because he's like living in a... He's living yeah. in like a hut in the grounds. He's like pretending to be a gardener or something. Was he trying to? Yeah, it wasn't he, the anthrop- caretaker. It, it, yeah, it wasn't anthropologist. I thought it was some kind of a scientist, but studying uh, like uh, plants and such, which I'm sure there's a word a for. It botanist. Generally. Yes, I think. Uh, don't quote me on that. So, so he's living in the grounds as a botanist. Yeah. Does every or does a, he do some it? kind of a? Does everyone yeah. need a botanist? Well, if you're I in don't Dartmoor, think he was. I don't if think he was doing it for a big hound. Yeah. Well, I don't think he was doing it for Baskerville. He was saying, oh. I live on the grounds as a scientist because I like to study. Uh, now, I could be completely. I'll feel bad if I'm. It doesn't look wrong. like much of a scientist in the film. It looks like a bit of a thug. Well, and he treats a, the girl terribly in the film. I'm not sure. Well, that's they, like. I'm not sure. Well, they, they, no, do they make... did it. In the book, they did where the girl sort of develops a, a sort of hits on and develops a relationship with Baskerville. And then yeah. he finds out about it and gives him the business. He yells yeah. at him. And then the next day he comes around and apologizes to Mr. Baskerville. Said he's just lonely and his sister is all he has. And that's why he became so defensive. So really, it is really, um, at its heart, it's a film, it's a book about a sisterly, incestuous wife slash sister love mm. with a hound covered in the stuff that makes watch hands light up hashtag bestiality <laughs> hashtag bestiality I think but, on not that note... <laughs> but not sexually <laughs> not sexually not but hashtag sexually. Hash... i might put the hashtag on, on the video version of this hashtag yeah. bestiality hashtag not sexually not sexually bestiality all right i'll give you my fun fact history of the day which i actually heard from hardcore history which sounds like some kind of pornography involving the romans but it's really a very good uh, podcast about history. And uh, it has to do with the term laconic. Uh, and, and I think I'm pronouncing that right, but laconic comes from the continent of Laconia, which is where the Spartans <laughs> lived. And uh, the Spartans... My, my, this is... <laughs> sorry, right, my battery... My battery just ran out. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll call that a day. We'll right. I'll tell you what. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what. Darkness. <laughs> Let, let's just we'll, we'll, we'll take that as a as a call from god all right end it. Yeah. and people i'll leave this in because people are really going to want to know <laughs> the end of that little anecdote oh so i'm supposed to still do it to darkness <laughs> <laughs> no you're all right you can i was going to say wait till the next episode yeah i'll wait till the next episode yeah maybe. we'll wait till the next episode so so everybody uh we'll find out in the next episode of what laconic uh means in the business we call that a cliffhanger exactly you gotta play the music on this dun, dun, the only podcast you will ever need i put an extra word in then <laughs> <laughs>